all things are possible. That's right. Very good. Very good. So let's look at our text and see how Joseph learned that perfect practice makes perfect. Verse 1. The Lord was with Joseph and prospered Joseph in everything he did. Now let's just review. Joseph was given a vision to be a kingdom maker, was almost killed by his jealous brothers, sold to human traffickers who then sold him as a slave in a foreign country where he grows into a young man, suffers sexual harassment in the workplace, is falsely accused of rape and thrown in prison to rot. And that's prospering. (laughs) In our culture, we jump straight to the prospering, right to the blessing and skip over the first most important thing. It's repeated four times in this chapter, so we don't miss it. The Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph. The Lord had not abandoned Joseph despite how others treated him, despite his circumstances. Joseph knew his God and knew that God loved him. Somehow, God himself had fathered the spoiled child of Jacob into a fine young man of wisdom and stature. The Lord blessed Joseph first with God's own presence in his life. And then God sort of naturally rubbed off on him in the form of godly character, a man of faithfulness. And finally, God blessed his efforts to be a difference maker wherever he was. Difference makers practice faithfulness first to God. Joseph practiced that and others noticed. Verse 3 says a surprising thing. His master saw that Yahweh was with Joseph. It doesn't say that he saw that the gods were with Joseph. It says he saw that Yahweh was with Joseph. Potiphar uses Yahweh's personal name that God had revealed to Joseph's great-grandfather Abraham. Somehow this Egyptian official saw Yahweh through Joseph's life. And Jesus said the same thing. He said, we are the light of the world, and we should let our light shine so that others can see our good deeds. People are supposed to see our good deeds. Why? So they can admire us? No, of course not. Jesus goes on. So that others can see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Somehow, people like Potiphar will see us making a difference, and they won't praise us. They'll see the real Jesus through us. But they won't see the real Jesus through us unless we are faithful first to the Lord, living in God's love, and letting Jesus Christ rub off on us, transforming our character. Difference makers practice faithfulness first to the Lord. Second, Joseph was faithful in the daily routine. Here he was, a teenage slave who didn't know a soul, didn't know the language, didn't know the culture. It was a dead-end job. When I was about Joseph's age, I spent a summer as a slave. I mean, a temp. (laughs) I had to walk into these random companies cold and decide what they wanted, figure out what they wanted me to do and how they wanted me to do it. 
One time I showed up and they switched me over from filing to accounts payable and receivable, which I had never checked that I knew how to do. But they, didn't want, they said they didn't want to waste time answering a lot of my questions or training me. So I set to work diligently and proved to myself that I am capable of remarkable incompetence. <laughs> Most expensive temp ever. But Joseph showed both diligence and competence. So Potiphar entrusted him with more and more and eventually with everything. And here we see a principle of the kingdom, a truth that Jesus repeated and is built into the fabric of the universe. Whoever is faithful with a little will also be faithful with much. Now, difference makers have to be careful here. We want to focus on the big picture and not waste time on the routine daily grind. My grandpa warned me about this. As I moved into pastoral ministry, he said, Don't be so heavenly-minded that you're no earthly good. (laughs) Pretty good advice. You ever heard of that? Well, Joseph took my grandpa's advice. He didn't forget his big dream, but neither did he get caught up fixating on it. He practiced faithfulness in his daily routine, like learning the language, performing his tasks competently, and treating others with respect. And as he showed himself trustworthy, he was entrusted with more. You know, our church is experiencing this right now. You all have shown yourselves trustworthy through the Jubilee service days over the last several years. And the city's trust is expanding more and more. One month from today, the city of Bellevue is being honored as one of the best governed cities in our country and has been asked to host the Transforming Local Government Conference. And guess who the city has asked to help them be the welcoming face of Bellevue to their national audience? They asked you. They asked us. You are letting your light shine. And that's just one of the examples of how your faithfulness in the Jubilee service days are making a difference. Let me urge you again to sign up for your four-hour shift on August 18th so we can continue to show our city and even our nation the real Jesus. Whoever is faithful with little will be faithful with much. And its corollary is also true. Whoever is faithful in the day-to-day choices will also be faithful in the big moment of temptation. Which brings us to the racy part of our text. Enter the Desperate Housewife. (laughs) Joseph had been given godly character, success, power, even a good body and a handsome face. It says that. Everything that would make someone look at him and take notice. Potiphar looked at Joseph and saw right through him to Yahweh. But Potiphar's wife leered at him says that in the Hebrew. She watched him with desire. She leered at him and saw only skin deep. He was merely an object of lust for her, not a person. She wanted to use him to gratify her own desires. So there it is, right in the first book of the Bible, pornography. Someone using another person as an object for their own sinful self-indulgence. 
But just leering at Joseph loses its thrill. Then she begins to speak with him more and more brazenly, until finally she hatches a more complex scheme to get what she wants. This is an amazing glimpse of the cycle, the downward spiral of sexual addiction, as well as how to avoid it. Despite Joseph's adolescent hormones, he practiced faithfulness and resisted this big temptation. First, he was faithful to God. He says, why would I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? Now remember, this is, a, this is about 450 years before the Ten Commandments are even around to prohibit adultery. But Joseph had spent time with God, and God was transforming his character. He had also been practicing faithfulness in his daily habits, which set him up to resist a big moment of temptation. My master has entrusted everything into my care, withholding nothing except you, his wife. Why would I violate my master's trust? He flatly refused her tempting words. He pointed her to God, and he avoided being around her as much as possible, despite her continued harassment. And when the situation escalated, Joseph did exactly the right thing. He fled with his character and his faithfulness intact. Now, telling men and women to flee from sexual sin is all over the Bible. And we are given positive role models of fidelity and chastity. From, Jesus, from Joseph here, and Ruth, and the prophets, the Virgin Mary, Jesus, Paul, Timothy, the list goes on. They were red-blooded humans just like the rest of us. But they practiced faithfulness in their daily lives, in their whole lives, including saving sex till marriage. Despite what our culture says, it can be done. But sex wasn't the only big temptation Joseph faced in this chapter. Joseph was catapulted to success fast, and that can be intoxicating. When Joseph's master entrusted him with everything he owned, Joseph was not seduced by the power and wealth that he commanded. He did not turn away from his God or mistake his own intelligence or abilities or hard work to be the source of his success. He also practiced faithfulness in suffering after being unjustly imprisoned. He resisted the temptation of bitterness and self-pity of believing God had somehow abandoned him or didn't love him. Joseph trusted God and went back to the basics. He was faithful to God first, and he was faithful in his daily routine. And verse 21 says, God showed faithfulness to Joseph. But Joseph wasn't immune from others sinning against him. He suffered for a long time, and it wasn't fair. But the Lord was with Joseph, and he didn't let anything sidetrack him from being a difference maker wherever he was. So how can we practice faithfulness like Joseph did, and like Jesus did? First and most important, let's spend time faithfully with Jesus each day. Let's make our time with God a priority over other commitments. 
Just this week, a friend of mine had a pretty powerful revelation. She realized that she wasn't praying because she was afraid that God wouldn't provide, that God wouldn't answer, maybe wouldn't even care. She's a great Christian woman, but she had sort of slipped into believing in God's love for her hypothetically, but not personally, experientially. Do you ever feel that way? Do you know absolutely, positively, that God loves you and God is proud of you? Do you trust that the Lord is with you and will show you faithfulness through thick and thin? These are bedrock questions we need to answer. Most of us need to answer them every day. God wants to show you faithfulness like he did to Joseph. Let me encourage you to commit a daily time to God in honest prayer, telling God how you really think and how you really feel. And when, not if, when you miss a day or a week or a month, just start again. Don't get stuck in guilt or paralysis. Just start praying again. Make this a daily priority over your other important commitments in your life, even over your family, your friends, your job, everything. Let's seek Jesus first. Let's practice faithfulness first to the Lord. We can also practice our faithfulness in our daily routines, wherever we have influence. Maybe like Joseph, you want to make a difference for God at work. Some of you may be thinking, my job has policies against that sort of thing. Well, remember, Joseph didn't have a Bible on his desk either. It hadn't been written yet. He had to get creative, like we do. Imagine if every Christian on the east side approached work with absolute competence, with a service attitude, and treated everyone with caring respect. How radical would it be if every Christian did their job to honor Jesus Christ? It wouldn't take long before people saw Jesus more clearly through our radical faithfulness. Let's prioritize competence and respect in our workplaces. But let's also do it in our homes as well. Have you ever noticed there's sort of an inverse relationship between courtesy and intimacy? It's all please and thank you to strangers and potential dates. But uh, with family and close friends, suddenly we're the boss of them. We get sloppy with our daily habits that show love and respect to one another. All sorts of things can help us prioritize respect in our daily relationships. But you might also consider participating in our church's date nights or the boundaries class, the marriage course, small groups, any number of things. And of course, please and thank you, don't hurt either. Finally, if we've practiced faithfulness first to the Lord and in our daily routines, Christ's character will be so imprinted on us that we will prioritize our integrity and resist the big temptations. In times of success, we need help to make sure our power doesn't corrupt us. Joseph didn't start thinking that all the wealth and power he commanded was his own. He remembered it was all entrusted to him, and he was responsible to God and to his master. 
Let's remind ourselves and each other that we are only stewards of whatever wealth, power, and influence we have been given. And let's use wealth and power, like Joseph did, to honor God and to serve others. Joseph also protected his integrity sexually and did much more than just say no. We need additional protective measures in place to prioritize our sexual integrity. I will be eternally grateful that my church leaders growing up weren't satisfied with just say no. They taught us to respect sex and to not underestimate its power and to not overestimate our own moral strength. They taught us to treat people honorably like the unique creations they are. And they taught us to avoid compromising situations where our integrity could be lost. As a single man, these habits have protected my integrity and helped me practice faithfulness to God and to my future wife in a culture filled with temptation. Finally, Jesus himself showed us that faithfulness is about a transforming relationship, not a bunch of rules. So let us always remember that we serve a loving, redeeming Savior who promises to forgive us when we fail. And as we return to him, Jesus restores us and sets us back on his path so that our best keeps becoming better and we can make a difference in our world that desperately needs to see Jesus Christ. Let's pray. God, thank you for Joseph's example to us. Help us practice faithfulness first to you and then to others so that our best keeps getting better. And we pray you will receive all the glory. In Christ's name, amen.